Welcome back to Real Perspective, the podcast based on a YouTube channel, based on a podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, MJ Smith. I'm Michael Morey. And we mentioned this at the end of our Top Gun Maverick episode, but uh, your normal co-host, Missy Lonsinger, is on a bit of a sabbatical right now. So uh, to keep the three-handed energy that we've had on the show for the last couple years, uh, we have a returning co-host. Corey Tyndall is back to join us through the summer. Corey, what's up, man? Hey, everybody. They dragged me out of retirement, so I'm here. But no, I'm, for I'm one super, last job. One, yeah. <laughs> you know, just like talking about so many franchises, I get revived. So they just have to. <laughs> hopefully, I'll be. Hopefully, I'll be. Hopefully, I'll be better than some of those returning franchises. <laughs> yeah, Speaking of which, let's hope oh. you're more Top Gun Maverick, unless Jurassic World Dominion. Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, so the reason you're here is because, uh, or the reason we even decided to pull you in for the summer is because there was a lot we wanted to talk about in general with you, um, as a guest. And so it was like, well, let's just have him, you know, join for the summer, uh, to, to, to talk about all those things. So you're going to hear some stuff later on in the summer that's maybe like a few months old slash from last year. Um, and it all started with this Jurassic World <laughs> Dominion. Um, yes. <laughs> so this franchise, by which I mean the Jurassic World movies, not necessarily Jurassic Park movies, are a bit of a legend on the show. Um, <laughs> mainly in our first incarnation, the before and after show, when Jurassic World first came out, uh, it is, I think, one of the classic episodes of uh, the before and after show up there. <laughs> and rivaled only to me by Fantastic Beasts 2. Um, yeah. And <laughs> Crimes of Grindelwald? Is that the name of that movie? Sure. Yeah, I guess. Okay, sure. Um, and then Jurassic World uh, Fallen Kingdom is a lost episode of Real Perspective. We yeah. recorded... Yeah, I was going to mention... <clears throat> I was going to yeah. mention we have to kind of like, you know do a retrospective of that so it's a, <laughs> yeah, it's a good right? thing it's a good thing this movie you know actually gives us a retrospective so yes everyone yes, forgot that last movie <laughs> yeah well and the only thing that is memorable about this movie is the times it is also remembering other movies in the franchise so yep. uh yeah jurassic world dominion is the third in the jurassic world trilogy and the plot is fill in the blank i'm not going to summarize it here um, anything you think of is more interesting than anything that happens in this movie. So let Correct. your imagination yeah. run wild, which was... is not something that the writers of Jurassic World Dominion did. Yeah, I was telling, like, off mic before we jumped on here, I was saying to you guys, so my wife Hannah, she didn't come see this because she knew it was like, that looks horrible. And she never, saw the se <clears throat> she never saw the second one. And so literally we were driving to the store, like, on Sunday and she was like, so what was the movie about? And I'm trying to explain the movie, literally trying to like recreate the plot, just tell the like the literal things that happen. And I sound like a jackass. Like that's literally <laughs> how I, I'm like, when you try to like explain the plot points and it's like, there, there's a clone and there's locusts. And she's like, I thought this was about dinosaurs. <laughs> it's literally it's the like dark. third or fourth on the list of importance. Yeah. <laughs> such so. an afterthought in this movie you guys <laughs> um yeah uh base level so you do have some sort of understanding because I, my prayer is that you did not see this film please um, don't please yeah, don't although the box office returns imply that you probably did um 
Mark Zuckerberg has uh, is run, <laughs> slash Elon Musk is running a company called Biosyn, which I got on a high horse about in our group chat, but was Mike brought me down to earth by saying that is from the books. Um, and so it's four years after Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. What happens at the end of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom? <laughs> All these dinosaurs get released into like the real modern day, like 21st century world. And now four years later, they've taken not, over. It's not really a problem at all. Um, they are but, well, barely an inconvenience. But like the, the second movie acts like it's a big deal, and now they're gonna like take over the world when there were like 20 of them. Like there was just like because, 20 of them got released. Like you realize, like yeah. in America, we'd like get like a bunch of, a bunch of like redneck hunters to kill them in two seconds, right? I can't even. So like, we just, but like we how did they take over the world? I'm, I'm so confused. How did the one in the ocean get there? I don't I, know. Uh, <laughs> the clone chick like released them because they're clones like her. Remember that? Yes. So yeah, but, that's what happened. She so the, there's a little girl who's a clone. Uh, I want to <laughs> say her name's Charlotte, but that's as good a Maisie. guess as any. She's like sure. Yeah, she, you could have grand... said anything, and I would have believed you. She's the granddaughter of John Hammond, right? Is that no. the no? No, she's, she's the, the granddaughter of John Hammond's of partner, partner or something. Of, yes, yeah. little yes, nepotiz. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So in the last movie, we found out that John Hammond had a secret partner in Jurassic Park, uh. and his <laughs> granddaughter or his daughter cloned herself. Because she no. had a disease or something. <laughs> she had a disease, so he, he she had a terminal illness, so he had her cloned so that his granddaughter would be a clone of his daughter. And that's the end of Fallen Kingdom. In this movie, we find out that Ugh. it wasn't him who did it. It was the, the daughter did it herself so for her dad. I don't know why it matters. I it doesn't. Know. Anyway. It, it, it doesn't. But but we're supposed to care. <laughs> we're supposed to care. For anyway, some Because this character takes up an incredible amount of screen time. Yes, she does. And she's terrible. Um, So <laughs> so it, it, it's four years after 20 Di- dinosaurs have been released. And yep. they're kind of everywhere now. Um, but they're not really like that big of a deal. No. Um, At all. And so we've just kind of like learned to live with them. And I know this sounds like the movie could go in a very interesting, like new normal post COVID direction, but the movie was filmed and written before that. So not even that would come through. And I don't think the writers would have ever gotten there in their thinking anyway. Um, So there's this company called Biosyn who is essentially they're researching dinosaur immune systems to see if they can cure things like Alzheimer's and cancer and the uncurable diseases that exist in our world. Well, secretly, they're not doing that at all. What they are doing is taking dino DNA and splicing it into locusts and then making these giant locusts who can, (coughs) who are trained to eat crops that were planted by not, by people who don't work with biosyn. So, it's like if Mark Zuckerberg used dinosaurs to do Monsanto-type crimes. That's the story of Jurassic World Dominion. And I know the what you're thinking. epic conclusion. <laughs> yes. I know what you're thinking. That sounds really boring. And the thing about it is it's incredibly boring. Um, Surprise. But you forgot about I the d- locusts, MJ. No, I didn't. I so yeah. There's these locusts, and that's the problem in this movie. The problem is not dinosaurs in our world. Um, it is locusts. 
What? Locust Park. Locust World. Locust Minion. World. Um, yeah, that's the movie. So then, Locust the is the focus. <laughs> Locust is the focus. Uh, <laughs> so for some reason, um, <laughs> this company wants the clone girl. Uh, and that is what gets Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard. We're three movies in, and I still don't remember their names. Owen. I remember Owen. Yep. Oh, Owen and Owen Bryce Dallas Howard. Owen and Redhead. Um, Claire. No. Claire. Is it Claire? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think you're right. You're right. There yeah. it is. There it is. Um, anyway, so that's how they get drawn to, like, the Biosyn facility is, like, they kidnap this Australian girl who's a clone. We'll talk more about the laser-guided raptors later. Um, <laughs> They're back. And, <laughs> and then... Uh, uh, th- uh, the three originals are back because you can't not do that now. Um, and so, yeah, e- Ellie and Alan and Ian are all back and they're drawn to Biosyn because of the locust problem. So there are two separate problems that I think we're supposed to come together to make one larger problem for all five of those characters to solve. Um, but they, they, they don't. didn't. <laughs> <laughs> And so, so yeah, that they have to get all of them to this Biosyn facility that's in Italy, in like the hills of Italy. It's a it, okay. It's a James Bond movie with dinosaurs. Sometimes mm. it, that's what they did. They made a they made a James Bond movie that it has incidental dinosaurs in it. Mm. Uh, what? Um, how, <laughs> how is that the idea you land? Like how how do you? here's my hang up. I'm sorry I'm going first. I have a lot of thoughts about this movie. It just, it does not make sense to me to do, to end your previous movie with dinosaurs are in the modern day society. Mm -hmm. That's a big deal. And then fast forward to the sequel and being like, eh, it's not that big of a deal. Like, (laughs) yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Incredible squandering of that premise. Yeah, how do you not just do a zombie movie with dinosaurs or Mad Max with dinosaurs? Like, make it post-apocalyptic or something. Like, I just don't understand how you get to, like, a James Bond movie, but also there's dinosaurs in the background of this James Bond movie now. Because they got bored with the premise midway through writing it. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, what did you guys think about Jurassic World Dominion? Corey, we can start with you. Yeah, as you can probably tell, I... This movie was so bad, but it was so bad and offensive in a way where it's just like, I I was just apathetic. Like, mm. I, I went in and I had low expectations already. I really didn't want to see this film. And I, it, Welcome wasn't back, like egre- it wasn't like egregiously bad. It just was like, nothing makes sense. Like, what what is happening? I, I yeah, it's just... MJ, like you said, there was, like, so... I haven't enjoyed this franchise, but there was so much, like, potential of what they tried to build up to. Like, dinosaurs are in our world, and there is no payoff to it. Like, this film just completely undercuts that. So, we're just kind of globetrotting with dinosaurs, and there's a clone girl, and, hey, the original Jurassic Park cast is here to do nothing, and then it's over. And it's two and a half hours. Yeah, it is. It's two and a half hours. Sure is. So long. For no reason. No reason. It's like we're in Malta for like 30 minutes. What are we doing here? And there's barely any, like, I I just, yeah. So all that to say, I just, 
I feel like I just couldn't will myself to even have that much of like a visceral response from this film just because it feels hollow and empty and it just feels like no one really cared. They're just like, will it sell money? Yeah, it'll sell money. Put Jurassic World on it. You know, it's good to go. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. Mm. It has no direction. There's not even, like, a concept. When you step back from this, like, I I generally try to think through, like, okay, what are the themes of this movie? What were the character arcs? I don't know if I can tell you, like, a clear theme that this film tries to present. Like, maybe it tries to borrow from the kind of the legacy of Jurassic Park but like I don't know that's that's a big reach for me so all that to say not not good that's my impression not good. no I think you're right it's a it's a total like it wants to do that like very because like Jurassic Park and Jurassic World even more so they're pretty angry movies as far as like um being mad at like basically uncontrolled corporate greed and this movie sort of wants to do that like it has the idea of that somewhere in it but like it just isn't but not yeah it just like i don't know if it's too on the nose or not on the nose enough or what but it just like it isn't in this movie really at all mm-hmm. yeah we'll probably it, it feels really tired like it's yes. not angry anymore it's like they've been angry for a while <laughs> and now they're just kind of like okay and time to go to sleep yes <laughs> like yeah we'll, we'll yeah. probably talk more about this but it was weird watching this movie and being like okay so now we have a trilogy and this is the worst one in the trilogy and out of all of this it's like these two last movies somehow seem to like elevate jurassic world where it's like Jurassic World seems to have a plot and is like coherent at least. Like, oh, they're in the park and stuff's happening again. Like right. these last two movies, I, I can't, I don't know what's going on. Like, I don't really like know. It's like they jump around the world and do stuff and like, yeah, you there's know, no through line to it. Yeah. And mm. like even the last one, it's like they're in a mansion and there's clones <laughs> yeah. and dinosaur black well, market and. Yeah, that's, but that's yeah. like in complete like contradictions to the first half of that yeah. movie because the first yeah. half of the movie is like there's an explosion on the island and they have to get yeah. off the island, you know? Like, oh yeah, I th- totally that's forgot. like that's like two <laughs> movies stitched together too. Like it, yeah. it's very incoherent. The last two movies in general. Yes, yeah. yeah. so, Mike. What, Mike, what did yeah. you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, obviously, I'll, I can echo all of your thoughts, but um, you know, in general, MJ, I know like the first Jurassic Park is really meaningful to you, and, and Corey, you know, I think that you, yeah. you like it too. Um, but, um. This should have never been a franchise, period. The first yeah. movie just stands on its own. Yeah. It basically said everything interesting that needs to be said about this premise, um, which is man shouldn't play God with nature, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people escape dinos eating them. And now we are six movies into this, and there's really not much more you can do or say about that. Like, I have yeah. seen my fill of dinos running after people and nearly snapping their heads off and then they miraculously close a door on them right before they get inside or whatever like the variations of that there's only so many times you can do that and counterpoint is there though because there's 20 some odd godzilla movies and i'm not really tired of those yeah well i mean i maybe won't be the biggest person to um agree with you on that because i feel like even godzilla is a little played out personally um Mm -hmm. But 
I, I mean, you know, you can still be entertained, I guess, but there's no, there's not like a lot of artistic merit to most of those Godzillas. You would probably agree with that. They're entertaining in, in the same way that like this is, it, but I don't, my point is that like, there's nothing left to say. I think that like Godzilla, yeah, you know, you can watch some kaiju action and you're, and you're having a good time, but I don't think too many of them have had anything to say since the first one and Shin Godzilla and, you know, maybe like one or two outside of that. Um, sure. So this one, I just think you, you've you seen a franchise that just run out of steam and harkening back to what I'm seeing with like the other ones feeling very angry. This one just feels real tired and <laughs> they, they have exhausted everything there is to do, all the variations of this. And, and some things just need to end. Some things just need to die and stop. Let the, and, let the past die. Kill it if yeah. If, yeah. I, like, <laughs> as much as I don't like that movie, that line is true in, in one sense. I think there's just some franchises that have exhausted their concepts so thoroughly yeah. and there, there's been no demonstrated thinking on how to move them forward that they can confidently do without alienating a certain part of the fan base. Because let's face it, I mean, there's probably some weird things that they could do. I mean, I'm sure you guys have heard about the uh, weird Jurassic Park 4 treatment that was going around where there was going to oh, be yeah. human hybrid dinos that oh, are, like, yeah. are being experimented yeah. on. Yeah. And they dropped that. And That's I can see why... Idea. Yeah, like... It, it's a real crazy creative idea and it probably actually would spark some new life into it, but it'd also be extremely alienating to the most of the general mass audience. Oh, you yeah, you know, yeah. it would be like, they would not yeah, go yeah. for that. No, um, no, no. Oh, it and, would be and, very poorly executed. I feel like, but it's at least an idea, you know, like right. it, you know, at least they tried something. Yeah. Yeah. Like at least that has the potential to, I don't know, go somewhere slightly different or well, interesting because okay. at the end of the day, the other part of this that I think limits it is, Dinosaurs are just stupid animals, okay? Like, yeah. it, they, they're not intelligent. They can't go and give a monologue. They don't have a scheme or a plan. They're just like movie monsters now. And, it, like, there's only so much you can do with them. There's just not, like, a lot creatively you can do with them as the antagonists. And, you know, the human characters are all the same variation of corporate douchebag trying to accomplish something. And right. We've just seen that so many times. And then they get eaten by a dinosaur at the end. It's, it's just yep. so played out, man. So well, that's okay. where I'm Here's at. Here's the thing. To push back a little bit on this, if yeah, you go look ahead. at these three movies on paper, they all have pretty novel concepts, actually, for what mm -hmm. to do with dinosaurs. So, like, Jurassic World is like, what if they didn't learn anything from Jurassic Park? Yeah. And they did it anyway. Okay, yeah. I can see I can see that idea mm -hmm. playing out. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. What if Haunted House, but dinosaurs instead of ghosts? Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. That sounds awesome. <laughs> uh, Jurassic, Jurassic World Dominion they're loose in our world like how does that affect modern society mm -hmm. um that seems like a big deal nothing like it, yeah not, nothing the yeah. closest we brush up to that is a five minute exposition dump that's a now this video at the yeah. beginning of the movie <laughs> which blew yeah. my my jaw was on the floor i couldn't believe that's how they decided to start that movie you know yeah. why though because no one remembers what the heck happened in the last one like right. it half recaps the second movie you're like oh if i didn't see that well i'm good mm -hmm. to go now <laughs> yeah, yeah well i guess to rebut or push back a little bit on that is yeah i mean like that con those concepts are interesting i mean i think world has probably the most valid or interesting idea all, of all of them mm -hmm. which is webs Jurassic park like actually got up and running and then it broke down right but then yeah. thematically um what is it trying to say about anything that hasn't already been explored before you know sure. like like conceptually, the pr the premise is different, but there's nothing new that it's saying about like human nature or nature in general or science 
that hasn't been like repeated and like just beat into you after six movies. And um, that's where I think it falls short. Like what is, what is the thematic implications? Like what is the human element of this that's being implicated by any of these? And it hasn't changed over six movies now. Right. It just went from businessman to like big tech businessman. Like yeah. That's, yeah. That's the main yep. difference. And that's just because that's the society we live. Like it's, it's yeah, not that's... like hedge fund dudes anymore. It's like crypto guys and like social media moguls. Right. right. Like what, what happens yeah. if Tim Cook was like a douchebag is kind right. of, and like, <laughs> the facility is like literally like the Cupertino, like Apple office. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah. They're, yeah. They're in Mountain View at one point. I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> But then he acts very like Zuckerbergy. Like he looks like Tim Cook and acts like Zuckerberg. Like yeah, I don't know. Like I, like you, you can like do like oh it's a different kind of villain. But like if you're not saying anything new underneath that, it, it's just surface level gloss that's changed. It's, right. What's underneath is still the same. Right. Well, and you don't get the humanization of mm-hmm. like. Like Hammond feels like a person, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like yeah, he, yeah. He like he is extremely hard to root for, and like the older I get, the less kind of on his side I get. Like every time I rewatch that movie, I'm like, mm, you kind of mm. got what you kind of yeah, got. Yeah, not great. This one, yeah. dude. Like, he, he's he's not very sympathetic, mm-hmm. but there's a person there. Like yeah, there's, yeah. there's a yeah. person there to not be sympathetic, mm-hmm. and. Like, I mean, because, you know, he keeps repeating that line of like, oh, I spared no expense, I spared no yes, expense, right? And so no expense. he's just like m- money hungry. He's just focused on the money. And so the expense he did spare is like his own humanity and like morality, right? Like yeah. that, that's what that movie has to say in mm-hmm. capital letters. This one has to say, remember these people? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Here they are. Back? Remember the Jurassic Park logo? Well, we recreated it. Oh my god! Oh, dude, I almost left when that happened, and there was only like maybe four or five minutes left in the movie. But I was like, I'm done. Like, I I am done with this movie. I texted you guys like, I feel like there's a point in the movie where the writers were like, I don't know what else to do. All right, well, let's just start recreating scenes like literally Mm -hmm. from Jurassic Park. But they do that immediately when Ellie shows up at the farm to look at the freaking (laughs) field of the locust. Like, she does the glasses, the sunglasses pull, and like, all you see is an empty field. (laughs) (laughs) Because the locust burned it up and and ate it. And so that's that's equivalent to seeing a brontosaurus for the first time or a brachiosaurus. there's There's just so many things. I was like... This doesn't even make sense. They're like, of course they have to be in a Jeep. Of course they have to do the thing. Of course the new yeah. dinosaur has to, like, you know, lick at the, like, flipped over Jeep and, like, the oh shot through the... Like, just, like, everything. I just was so, like, you don't... You have no other ideas. Like, mm-hmm. the well has run completely dry. So you're just literally, like... I, I can see him. They're in, like, the writer's room. And they're like, well, let's maybe, you know, they, like, have Jurassic Park on, and they, like, scrub through it, and they're like, maybe we could do this scene. Maybe yeah. we could do well, this. It doesn't it doesn't need to make sense. Hey, you know, like, the, the spitting dinosaurs with the poison? We, we got to figure out a way to kill this guy. Let's let's do that. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. You, like, it's but just, also do a uh, fake-out one so that cool guy can choke it out with his bare hands. Yeah. <laughs> Badass. Being the cool oh. guy. I... I I love the first, like, intro of him. It's like he's literally on horseback. Dude. Like, in the Sierra Nevada. <laughs> like, rounding like, up. Like, wrangling a horse. It's a Bud Light commercial. The The intro to, <laughs> Bowen, uh, to Owen is a Bud Light commercial with a dinosaur in it. 
I a Coors yeah. banquet beer. Yeah, yeah, it's a Coors commercial with a dinosaur in it. That's yeah. There's a couple That's... moments I laughed out loud, and that was one of them. I was like, oh yeah. my gosh. <laughs> yeah, man, uh, I was I was not on board with this movie, and I think the thing is like they forgot. So the. The thing is, like, they, they rely so heavily on these legacy characters because they're not good in this movie, but they're more no. interesting than any of the other characters who have been introduced in the previous yeah. two movies. Mm-hmm. So, like, they're not good, but by virtue of them being not good, they're still better than the rest of the cast. So, like, yep. I was way more interested in the, them interacting, even though they were terrible in this movie. It was wild yes. how much more I paid attention to their scenes, even though I was like, "You guys are not. You guys don't care about that. Like, you're nope. showing the respect. You're showing this movie the respect it deserves uh, mm-hmm. by just like collecting your massive paycheck. And good for you. But like, Sam Neill does not try to hide his accent whatsoever. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, Chris Pratt is uh, man. I know I've been on the like. Chris Pratt isn't good train for like a while, but come on guys. Like I, I've never really liked him as a performer that much, but he is atrocious in this movie. Yeah. He's, He's really bad. And like, what, why does he sometimes talk like a cowboy now? Because uh, <laughs> cool banquet beer. <laughs> yeah, like he just—he sometimes has a southern accent in this movie, and like I—I I, it was inexplicable to me. I, I think it's because he's forgotten his character, like what his character is. Even like you well, ever, remember like the X, the Fox X Men movies, where Halle Berry had <laughs> like an African accent, yeah, um, and then she just became like an American accent by like yeah. the second or third movie it's like she just forgot the character that she was playing because she's scarlet probably... witch did that too she had a yeah, Russian yeah. Accent. she had a sokovian yeah. accent right and... mm-hmm. um and, uh, I, I think that like sometimes these people just forget what they did before and they're not watching this garbage again so they're just going with like what they think the movie's about and if the director doesn't like. tell them anything if the director yeah. <laughs> gives them no direction and like hey you didn't do that accent like they're just gonna do it <laughs> yeah it, it's it's for completely forgotten itself but it's because his character is so ill-defined you know he has yeah, no real exactly. background you know i mean i guess he was um he was in the military i don't remember if that was an element of jurassic world or not um yeah didn't he mention just, that. Like, comes out that he was a navy pilot and i was like yeah. what what uh-huh. like, i don't know when yeah, have but... you flown at all <laughs> during this series like yeah it, it it, like but besides that though he's he's so ill-defined that um there's nothing to really ground him so yeah sure go and add a rather rather sundered and drawl or whatever <laughs> but only sometimes only on like certain but, words too like he'll just drop it in the middle of sentences sometimes like he'll be talking <laughs> like chris pratt and then end the sentence as a cowboy and i'm like what what happened <laughs> yeah little, yeah like you said though it's all the new cast just doesn't stand up to the old cast and I, it's because they're not they're not poorly they're very poorly defined and they're poorly characterized the script does them no favors yes yes but mike i was gonna say like but getting back to like we we had talked about the whole theme idea i just feel like there's no this is why they have to bring in the old cast because the movie Mm. feels tired like i don't feel like this movie is saying anything new like mj what you were talking about and so it's like the latch the last ditch effort is literally just to bring in Yes. Like, hey, here's some people from Jurassic Park. Like, maybe that mm-hmm. will help people watch this movie. And yes. it's still, like, nothing happens, though. Like, mm-hmm. nothing happens. Like, 
like we all have the context of like Jurassic Park to know who these characters are, but even from there, it's like these characters barely get any like development. No, yeah, yeah the old I cast is given nothing besides the fact that I, I Grant and Ellie are together maybe at the end. Yeah, Goldblum yeah. doesn't feel like I don't know if you guys felt this. I I just felt like he was like. I'm here. I'm going to do this thing. And like, weirdly, I feel like he had a lot of lines. that almost kind of felt like meta. Like he knew he was oh, outside yeah. of, he knew he was outside of this horrible, like mess, but just yeah. some of his <laughs> lines felt so like, you are you know, talking about when he's like Jurassic world? Not a fan. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like stuff like that, where I'm like, <sighs> who, who wrote that? Was that Goldblum just like ad libbing? And they're just like, well, he's Jeff Goldblum. Like, we're not going to stop. Like there was a yeah. couple lines like that where I was like, it felt very like self-aware, and I was like, "Well, well, well good for you." But they, they did that. They did that stuff in Jurassic World as well, too, right? Like, doesn't the guy from the New Girl like? Yeah, but, oh, Jurassic but, Park was like way cooler or whatever. But that one mm-hmm. felt more like. So again, like this is weird to say like Jurassic World actually feels coherent and like it says something in comparison of this trilogy, but it does. Like, I feel like Jurassic World has more of an identity than these last two movies. Oh, and I know, sure. like, it's an angry, like, a little bit kind of like a screw you identity, but it felt like even those self-aware meta comments, like, happened enough to, like, make there be a through line of, like, oh, they're angle. purposely trying to do this. Yeah, there was an angle of, like, it feels like someone's idea, right? Like, I yes. feel like I've been mentioning that a lot. Like, the especially as we are making more and more of these things by committee like the superhero stuff like what's the last superhero movie that felt like someone's idea shazam kind of the batman feels like someone's idea yeah the batman it feels like it's somebody's idea i guess yeah joker maybe yeah but the idea was watch some Scorsese movies. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like Shazam felt like pretty unique and it does like, it, you know, it, it had something to say. And like, that's the last one I remember really enjoying a whole lot. I like strong Chi a lot. Yeah. But I liked it. Until, until it becomes it as... like the written by committee third act part of it yeah yeah, yeah. but i like that because there were kaiju in that one so <laughs> um they got me i was like i get this like i i get what you're saying but also there were kaiju so i kind of glossed over it yeah. <laughs> um but yeah like so th- i talk about that a lot and this like at least jurassic world felt like someone's idea it was a stupid idea but at least it felt like an idea this is like yeah. I, and this doesn't even feel like written by committee. It feels like written by room full of monkeys. Like, yeah, yeah. With typewriters. Yeah. Yeah. It just, you know, and I feel bad for one person and one person only because he tried his damnedest. And that was, I'm going to butcher his name, but Mamodu Athi. The, yeah, he like, was trying, I feel guy. like. Yeah. He, I really like him. So he was in uh, an Amazon original movie called Black Box. And then he was in a TV show called Archive 81. And he's really, really good in both of those. He's really good in Archive 81. And he's like a pretty charismatic performer. And he's the best of the new characters, I thought. Um, but he's just, there's nothing there on the page for him. But I really like nope. that, like... He feels like a person still. Like he had like a personality that I could like understand kind of where he was coming from, even though I didn't, as a person, I didn't understand where his character was coming from 
motivationally to kind of turn on Zuckerberg at the end of the movie. Like, I didn't really yeah, understand that where came that out came nowhere. from. Yeah, he, I think, did try the hardest. Uh, he didn't yes. feel like he was phoning it in the way yes. a lot of the older cast members and the newer cast members do. Man, there's so little to talk about with this movie. It just feels like this is a contractual obligation. Um, and, this podcast? Like, and, and this whole movie, it no. just feels like... It, <laughs> no. It, it just feels like it's um, like a way of just renewing interest in the in the brand, so they can sell some more toys or sell something in their theme parks or whatever. Keep it in the cultural consciousness. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's the only thing that's going on with this movie. I agree with you, Mike. It feels yeah. like it's contractual. They had to do it. It was kind of like, well, we have to have a trilogy, but because mm-hmm, numbers threes are good. Yeah, threes are good and. We'll bring back the old cast, which, you know, like just everybody is reviving everything and like having to bring stuff back. So it's like that will be like that'll be the unique thing about this movie. But there's like there's nothing. It's just like this yeah. movie is so empty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and like, let's face it. I mean, I like the cast of the original Jurassic Park, but they're kind of like nothing burgers of, of people in that movie, oh, too. Yeah. Even I mean, they kind of stand for some things, but. They're not like the most interesting people. It's just like I no. like those actors together, so it's charming. They have a lot of really good chemistry together, and that's the yeah. big yeah. thing, right? So, like, the movie Jurassic Park, the movie, has a central theme, which is a pretty basic one, but it's it's anger mm-hmm. at, like I said, anger at unregulated corporate greed and playing God and meddling. Yeah. And, you know, yep. you could blow it out into maybe, like, a climate crisis thing. Anyway, not the point. What I'm saying is... There's a central theme about that movie and there's characters who serve that theme and they do it well, even though they're not particularly well defined. Like we don't really know where a lot of them are coming from, Mm -hmm. but what that movie has to make up for all of that is spectacle. Right. It is, it is like the defining summer blockbuster movie. From the guy who made the first defining summer blockbuster movie. <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, I really do think that this, this franchise is missing one key element, and that is the guy who's the best at making summer movies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Spielberg <laughs> is what makes those movies work. It's not really the cast. I mean, it's, it is in that he knows how to direct that cast well. Mm-hmm. but it's not you know it, and it's it's not rocket science right like it's not that deep of a of a, of a movie the original and no. it's real watchable like i will watch yeah. that movie basically anytime because mm-hmm. it's real easy to watch and it's two hours and it's really fun and like yep. there's some great stuff that happens and then at the end you can like kind of talk about that corporate greed thing but it's not yeah. the only thing on its mind you know it's it just nails the vibe of what that is supposed to be. And like we talked about last week, I think Top Gun Maverick has a lot of the same DNA in, in that regard. Like none, we, the whole episode was us praising how unoriginal that movie is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I think it comes down to execution is I, mm-hmm. I think Kozinski is a good director. Trevorrow is a bad director. And <laughs> yeah, that's that's the difference maker, you know. I mean, especially when you make a movie that's about spectacle and action and stuff like that, 
Trevorrow thinks that just throwing a bunch of CG on the screen, having some dinosaurs <laughs> make some close calls is exciting, but it's not uh, like how an action scene is actually constructed. Like there needs to be a sense yeah. of place. There needs to be a sense of, sense of stakes. You know, I didn't feel like any of these characters were in any danger whatsoever. Did you ever expect that any of the five main characters was going to die? No. You no. know, I, I didn't feel like any of them were up for grabs at any point. So are you just watching like empty calorie CG on the screen that like is impressive looking like that they did a good job rendering the dinosaurs and doing practical where they could and all that stuff but it's in service of absolutely nothing like it's just empty calorie action scene i thought that the dinosaurs looked like crap most of the time i was okay with how it, how it looked for the most part really but, i i thought yeah. that like particularly like blue and her daughter Look, mm. we didn't even touch on that yet um yeah. i thought they looked very like weightless when they were bouncing around yeah, that, I think that's a fair criticism. There were some that bit looked better than others, I would agree. I left during what I think might have been the best part of the movie. Did you get popcorn no. because so, I was so bored? No. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, after the plane crash. Oh. When Bryce Dallas Howard is getting chased by the Freddy Krueger-saurus. Yeah, yeah, um, I That looked like it was kind of dope. I liked, the, I liked the character model for that dinosaur. Mm-hmm. That was, I felt like, actually like only one of the only good scenes in that film like of mm. like trying to have like some tension the one where it's like she's hanging from the parachute and like that when was, i yeah. came in when i came back from getting popcorn she was already in the water yeah the and trip. so like they actually it's actually pretty cool like her having to like climb through the she's like on her hand like her hands and the like crawling through like prone crawling mm-hmm. into the water because mm-hmm. it can smell like that was like oh okay like you mm-hmm. tried so it's like one out of twenty scenes. Yeah, you know? <laughs> Fallen Kingdom had Fallen Kingdom has one too. It's a, it's it's a broken clock is right twice a day type of situation. Yeah. Right? Well, yeah. When you go and throw so many of these action scenes, because there's a lot. It feels like there's a lot of dinosaurs chasing people. I feel like oh, every <laughs> at least one of them will be like okay, somewhat okay, but yeah, but I, I just like didn't care. But then there's <laughs> other times where it's like I laughed out loud. Like, did you guys see like? I think it's, like, when all the dinosaurs start breaking out at Biosyn and, like, some guy gets, like, eaten off of a scooter. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see that? I literally laughed yeah. out loud and I was just like, what the heck is happening? Uh-huh. Like, is this, like, that unnecessary? And, and there was a couple other ones where it's, like, just unnecessary well, death where it's, there like... There was, like, um, <laughs> like, I know he was the bad guy, but that Foghorn Leghorn dude who, like, gets oh, his yeah. hands cut off and then is a head torn off? And yeah. I was like, what? <sighs> like, yeah. what just happened? Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> and then, you know, the cliche, the Tyrannosaurus <laughs> fights the big bad of the movie. I know, I know. Like, man, okay, but, Mike, this time they did the logo. Ugh. happened. Ugh. I actually thought for a second, I was like, oh, they're going to kill the T-Rex. At least, like, mm. they'll have, you know, the guts to do something different. Nope. Yeah, that would have been dope. Yeah, I knew they weren't. Because, like, yeah. this movie d- just plays it safe. <laughs> and it wants that crowd-pleasing moment of yeah. Godzilla coming back on its feet. Mm-hmm. I mean, the T-Rex coming back on its feet and beating up the kaiju. Yeah. So, <sighs> But it's not even a good kaiju fight either. No, like, it, it is horrible. It's it terrible. is horrible. And, like, it's it's motivated, right, of, like, the T-Rex coming in to save the people from the raptors mm-hmm. in Jurassic Park. But, like, that feels earned. Like, it, yeah. it feels right. And it feels mm-hmm. like that's what would happen. This feels like it is what would happen because it's what has to happen. 
yes. based on the other five movies we've seen. Mm-hmm. This this T Rex has killed a lot of other dinosaurs. Yes, it has. <laughs> yeah, yes. And it's, it's always <laughs> conveniently there. This one got a kill assist with the uh, the Freddy Krueger Saurus. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, hey, thanks for being there. Yeah, the T-Rex's kill-death ratio is very high. <laughs> yeah. yeah Total three, Call of Duty gamer, bro. Yeah, 360, yeah. No, <laughs> three, 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 uh, no, no dino, no scope. <laughs> yeah, 360, no teeth, the... Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what was it called? Gigantopithecus? Giga... 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 giga, giga Jokosaurus. Yeah. Giga something. Joker teeth grin. Sort Some of, of these names, man, like oh, Indoraptor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Colin Trevorrow said that, that the, the oh, big yeah. bad dinosaur was the Joker of dinosaurs, and I was very disappointed by it's it. It's not even in the movie. It's, it's barely yeah. in the movie. I know, I know. Like no presence. Two scenes. Well, but okay, this kind of illustrates the thing, right? Is um, what was the big bad like dinosaur's name in the Jurassic World? Uh, the Indo- Indoraptor oh, or whatever. In, no, no, in, the Indoraptor was Indominus oh, Indominus. Rex. That's that's right. Yeah, Indoraptor that was, the was in movie. Fallen Kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. The Indoraptor. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the lasers. We have to talk about the lasers. But keep oh going. yeah, like, yeah. Atrociraptors. <laughs> well, the, the the Indominus, like, I didn't like that movie, but was a better executed version of what we saw. Yes. In, than this and that fight at the end with the t-rex and the indominus was a better executed version of the fight that we saw yes. in this yes. and, oh, we got a kill and that's what i'm saying that too from the mosasaurus yeah yes. it, like like everything about this movie is just a more tired version of something else that came before exactly yeah. like, like even trevorrow when he's just writing it and he's directing it and conceiving it is just yeah and then you know this happens because it's supposed to but i've already kind of seen it that- Remember when we thought that he was the guy who might have saved Star Wars Episode Nine after his <laughs> script leak? Script leak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, good times. Uh. Yeah. Just because you, you know, got a good idea doesn't mean you could execute it well. Yeah, and like, look, I, I think that generally there's some people who maybe like they gave their best attempt or their best shot in their first shot at this thing. And, and the second time going around was not as good, you know, same thing yeah. with JJ Abrams in episode nine versus seven. It's just, yeah. you know, you, you kind of put all your best ideas on the floor with the first one. And now yeah. what you're left with is the leftovers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Colin Trevorrow, man, he accidentally made a good movie once. I don't know how that happened. But... <laughs> what movie was that? Uh, Safety, not guaranteed. Oh, it was like first that. real like big hollywood movie yeah oh, okay. not yeah. big but it was like yeah. an indie movie that he made i really yeah. liked it a lot i thought it was great but then yeah. ever since then hmm <laughs> whoa yeah. he's he's in jurassic world as uh mr D- mr dna huh oh <laughs> uh, let's see? not forget he made the book of henry uh, yes yeah but um, to get to one of the main events, um, yes, the laser pointer dinosaur. Let's talk about that for one sec. Uh, so uh. <laughs> it doesn't matter why, but at one point they end up in Malta <laughs> being under attack by these things called atrociraptors, which <laughs> are, I guess, raptors that do atrocities, <laughs> it seems. And they uh they're they're genetically engineered raptors who have been trained to <laughs> chase after people who have been marked with a laser yep 
Um, <laughs> so there's a whole action scene with that. What? Yep. Yeah. Because why shoot people with a gun? We can you you can have la- uh, like raptors go and kill people that you shot with a Laser gun. Laser guided raptors. See, yep. but even that, like Mike, what you're talking about, it's it's just a tired retread of the second movie that was the whole mm-hmm. thing with the the indoraptor yeah the laser thing so i was like when they pulled it out again i was like oh you're you're doing you're this doing again? this again oh okay <laughs> it's literally it's like uh, you've done this in your own franchise yeah think of all the, the military applications of these dinosaurs yeah <laughs> uh, some things like just need to stop that's that's the whole point behind this movie is just this needs to end this franchise needs to stop oh yeah it well it made 392 million dollars no yeah i know it won't um because people want to see their good time dinosaur eating people movies the score what was that michael giacchino what's going on dog (sighs) he's been really uninspired in a lot of his stuff lately yeah i I hate to say it but i have i have not liked a giacchino score in a minute well, you see all the like projects that he gets pulled onto. It's like yeah, probably th- not really yeah. inspired by mm-hmm. them. I, I think he's getting spread real thin. Same way, you know, Hans Zimmer. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. You, you see him attached to something, and you're just not excited anymore. <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh no, I like. Is this going to be the good effort, Hans Zimmer, or the bad effort? Yeah. Yeah. Like the one I that's mean, just paying he, the bills or the one that he's inspired by. Is he even writing these things anymore? Like I I honestly Is he James Pattersoning sure. it? Like Yeah. I mean Hans Zimmer is is basically not writing the scores. Yeah. My understanding is that it's like his production house people who are doing a lot of things. Yeah. Cause he's got one, two, three, four movies this year. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I have to be somewhat skeptical about his level of involvement. Yeah, it's like his in name only. It's like you know he has like creative oversight, but he's not actually like. Yeah, you know. it's one of his understudies working on this. Um, yeah, there is a lot of stuff on his recent output that's like original themes only. Mm, yep. So, like he was, he did some movie called Extinct for Netflix. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. It's just it's just like donut cats. Anyway, uh, not the point. But it's yeah. just like original themes only. And then like he he apparently did the score for that Seth Rogen is a pickled man uh, movie for HBO Max, <laughs> and that's original themes only. Uh, which I saw that movie and don't remember the music one bit. So yeah, um, yeah. He man, he was so good. Mm-hmm. He was so yeah. good. Yeah, back in the days of him scoring Lost and some of his early movies, Lost, uh, he actually did some really good video game scores. The Medal of Honor uh, ones are really yeah. Medal of Honor soundtrack was yeah. fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Speed Racer is my favorite score of all time, and wow, I, like I, I listen to it all the time, and it's awesome. It's really, it's really good. I, the Incredibles, even you know, like, yeah, yeah, it's good, really good score. Um, but yeah, everyone phoned it in at every level of this mm-hmm. yeah i feel like there's so many of the ian malcolm quotes that can apply to this yeah. movie and this franchise i'm sure you, you guys think about you know, whether you should or whatever yeah, yeah he even had one or two in this movie or was like yeah that, that feels about right so i like so i have 
bigger like macro question because of this movie i don't, I don't really know what else to say because it's just like it's just nothing. whatever because but we we <laughs> see this we see this happen a lot and I, I especially like because i still haven't seen top gun but like you know the episode you guys did last week so much of these franchises people are like we need to pull them back we need to resurrect them bring back legacy characters we see this in a lot of different ips and stuff right now like mm-hmm. what what is the difference what is the difference of like how top gun executes something and it's received really well it stays true to the characters the story all that stuff and then you have something like jurassic world or there's so many other franchises we could insert into that but like what what as you guys experience these as like you watch these films and stuff like what is the major thing that makes mm. people really resonate and like those movies work for them or they don't. And we end up sitting here just talking about like this movie is hollow. Um, and Jay, you want to go first? Yeah. I mean, to put it bluntly and simply, the people involved give a shit. That's what it is. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, it's, it's, it's the thing is like, and I was thinking about this, that exact thing while I was watching Jurassic world dominion, because it's essentially the same type of movie as Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. Um, and they're both cash grabs. Like, mm-hmm. make no mistake, they both exist to make a lot of money by preying yes. on people's nostalgia. Like, that is not the criticism to level at the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, uh, most movies are that. And that's fine. But the thing with, like, Top Gun is it cared that the people you were taking the money from got something good in return like there is there is a conscious um uh uh, emphasis on an exchange of goods and or services for your money (laughs) and Mm -hmm. there is not in jurassic world dominion (laughs) yeah yeah um besides the stuff i've already talked about you know I, i i think there's more room to discuss like the human condition in a Top Gun sequel. You can talk about legacy. You can talk about um, whether or not people are as pilots are outdated or, you know, people as human beings are outdated or old modes of thinking are better, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. The, there's room to go and experiment and talk about ideas still with a Top Gun sequel. And short of getting really weird with Jurassic World, like with the human <laughs> hybrid stuff, you know, right. and alienating people... I just don't think there's much left to say yeah, anymore with I, this concept. I mean, I touched on it a little bit at the beginning of the episode. If they would have gone back and done some reshoots, they could have done the dinosaurs in our world COVID analogy. Yes. Mm-hmm. That could have been an angle, but the movie was not made then. And then like redoing the effects for something like that would probably be atrocious. Like it, yeah. it cost wise and stuff, but it just like it. Uh, I don't know. It, it just, um, <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I uh, I glanced over. I'm on Colin Trevorrow's Wikipedia page, and it says on March 16th, 2021, it was announced that Trevorrow would direct War Magician, <laughs> a, his, a historical war film about Jasper Maskelin, a British illusionist who used magic to defeat Nazis in World War II. <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch is set to star. What? <laughs> and, and, <laughs> I really, I really wasn't prepared to read that sentence out of the corner of my eye. <laughs> uh, 
Oh. That sounds more interesting than what we watched. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it does. Well, because I just saw, like, use magic to defeat Nazis in World War II, Benedict Cumberbatch is set to start, and I was like, what is, what am I on right now? And then I, I looked further back and just saw the words war magician. Like, it's a sequel to War Horse. <laughs> and wow. I still didn't know what Wikipedia page I was on. And so then I looked further back at the sentence, and it was about Colin Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> wow oh my gosh sorry um but anyway back to my original point of like yeah there's a novel concept in what is here but it is it is strictly through the post-pandemic lens which this movie was not written during so yeah. that that has something to do with, also once again to bring back my point you'd have to have people who cared enough about putting out a quality film to do that <laughs> um, yes yeah um, i think i think it's probably the main thing it comes down to i mean i could probably think of a couple things as a writer uh that you could go in i agree with you the pandemic like it's kind of like how we have to learn to live with covid right like we have to like learn normal. to live with dinosaurs yeah yeah um you know like we got there's some sort of like you know the world has changed and, and we need to adapt ourselves. Um, yeah. It, that, that's an angle to go and take it. Mm. Um, but I, I'm still not convinced that's like a compelling frame for a story where people just get chased by dinosaurs constantly. It, I just think it's, I think it's a limited concept conceptually. I, I just, I don't know if there's really more angles to take it. And unless you're willing to go and uh, put some of the cast at risk uh, do things that you haven't seen before in a movie yeah. like Top Gun has mm -hmm. Top Gun. It's shot in a way that is unprecedented. And then this, I am, I've seen this movie a thousand times. You just replace the dinosaurs with demons or zombies or aliens, or I, I have seen this one bajillion times. Uh, there's <laughs> nothing that, that is new in terms of the filmmaking. It's not being, it's not advancing filmmaking technique on any level. Um, and that's one way you can enhance maybe cliche ideas or scripts or whatever is at least the filmmaking is novel. And, and, mm -hmm. and this, the characters are just too thin for you to care about. You know, you might not think Maverick is the most complex character in the world, but there is a little more like pathos um, behind him than there isn't any particular character in, in Jurassic Park or world. Yeah. And, and, and that's more to hang a story around. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I think, I don't even know if it needs to be novel filmmaking. It just has to be competent, right? Like, um, yeah. I mean, the John Wick movies, which we talk about a lot too, there's nothing mm -hmm. real new. They're not breaking a whole lot of new ground as far as like mm -hmm. filmmaking techniques go, but they're really solid foundational action movie building blocks that yeah. are really well done. So I think it just has to, yeah, it's competent filmmaking from people who care. You know, it's just, yeah. that's, that's what it comes down to. Like, it feels like, when I watched Top Gun Maverick, I was like, oh, Tom Cruise cares about, you know, being entertaining. Like, he, he cares yeah. about being an entertainer. And we talked about this. Mike, I, I was texting you about this last week. Everything we talked about <clears throat> last week on that Top Gun Maverick episode came true in the week since. In that, mm. in three weeks, Top Gun Maverick outgrossed Doctor Strange, uh, mm. Multiverse of Madness. And yep. The Rock released the trailer for Black Adam. Did you see anyone on social media talking about the trailer for Black Adam? Nope. Nope. Not really. I don't even know a single person even knows what it is. I do now because I've seen the trailer twice. I watched <laughs> it online and then I saw it before uh, 
Jurassic World. Yep, still right. haven't seen it. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Um, yeah, and it looks terrible, but I saw one tweet about it. Two, if you count my tweet about seeing one tweet about it. Yep. Yeah. Because he's given I... up. Like, he, he kind of, he's, you know, mm-hmm. he, he, he does not care about entertaining people anymore. No, he cares about maintaining the brands, which is the same thing with this movie. Is that yeah. it's it's just about main it's about brand maintenance. That's yeah. it. Yeah, it, you know, um, it's just about keeping the Jurassic Park or World IP trademark registered copyright two thousand like <laughs> all of that stuff alive for another couple of years so they can sell some more merchandise so you can go to the Velocicoaster, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever <laughs> at Universal Park. That's it. That's all it is anymore. And, and a lot of movies are being designed this way. Is, yeah. It's just about brand maintenance. Um, right. You know, I would I would argue that that's what a lot of Star Wars is going to be. So just check out our Obi-Wan review coming. Um, you know, it's, <laughs> it's just about using recognizable iconography and imagery and uh, in, in pleasing ways where you go, hey, I recognize Thing. And, um, yeah. and, and so I'll buy Thing. Yeah. And that's it. But here's the thing, like, I don't understand why Jurassic Park needs that, because yeah. there is another Steven Spielberg franchise that does not need that. Mm. And, you know, not to make Worlds Collide too much here, it's Jaws. Jaws merch mm-hmm. still sells like hotcakes. Yeah. There are four of those, and there's only one good one, and they haven't tried to make any more. Um, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> like, I, you know, and that, honestly... That movie is a lot deeper thematically and more character driven mm-hmm. than like the blockbustery spectacle stuff that even Spielberg does later in his career with Indiana Jones and Jurassic Park. And yeah. so, yeah, that movie has like a lot more staying power in people's imaginations, even as the the brand, like as the like there are people with really amazing Jaws collections, right? Mm-hmm. And there's really, I think there's, you know, maybe this is because I buy a lot of it, but. I think from like a merch standpoint, and I don't really want to get into the like the pros and cons of merch for thing you like, but mm-hmm. from yeah, a yeah. merch standpoint, I think Jaws has really novel like stuff people want. Mm-hmm. Um, like it, a lot of the Jaws stuff I see, I'm like, oh, that's actually kind of neat. Like a few years ago to celebrate the 40th anniversary, they came out with Jaws shoes. But it wasn't just mm-hmm. like, oh, we slapped the Jaws logo on some vans. They partnered with Sperry, who did all the shoes in the movie, and released, like, Jaws-themed versions of the shoes the characters in the movie wear. That's awesome. Yeah, and that's you know cool. what? It was really hard to find those shoes 40 years after the movie that we're talking about. Yeah, but, okay, but my rebuttal to all of that is is that, like, they're mining from the same kind of group of super fans that are slightly older. They're not, I mean, mm-hmm. do you, have you, we talked a lot about the olds mm-hmm. last podcast. Right. But, I mean, do you know a lot of Zoomers who, who like, watched mm-hmm. Jaws recently? You know, like, I, I mean, I'm sure there's exceptions, so I, don't, don't try to rebut this point that I'm trying to make. Yeah. No, <laughs> but, no, like, um, but, like, I just feel like, you know, this is a way of keeping the brand um, alive, or not alive, but relevant to a younger generation like and i'm not sure like audience. jaws yeah i'm not sure jaws is my rebuttal to it is also um you know et is celebrating its 40th anniversary this year oh, yeah. now that's a movie that is near and dear to i think most people our generation most kids who grew up in the 90s mm-hmm. you know or late 80s um but 
it has really fallen out of the cultural conversation. I mean, I, you know, like hadn't even thought of it until like I found out about this 40th anniversary. And that's a movie mm-hmm. I actually really liked, especially growing up. I've seen it like a million times. Um, and, and that's something where, you know, there wasn't any sequels or anything like that. And there's, there's no brand management aspect of it to really keep it alive. You know, that was something that we had lots of parodies of back in the nineties. Like remember like, everything would be like ET phone home or glowy finger stuff or what. Mm-hmm. And now like there is no cultural, um, there's no cultural remnant of that in anything that I see today. So <clears throat> yeah. I guess to me, like you know, if you kept Jurassic Park um, as just one movie, I'm sure there'd be dedicated fans about it because it's still a really good movie. But I'm not sure the Youngs would be watching it. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think another prime example of that is Ghostbusters, right? Like, yeah. Ghostbusters had a really <clears throat> thriving older <laughs> fan base before they even did the 2016 one. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, those people were all buying merch all the time. Like, they were, there were, there was so much Ghostbusters merch. <laughs> and it still mm-hmm. sells really well. Um, but, like, that's a good point, too, that it's an older type of audience. And the merch they do is, like, really high end collectible stuff, which is what Jaws mm-hmm. does, too. Like, they're getting ready yeah. to stay tuned around July 4th. You're probably going to hear about the Jaws pinball machine coming out. <laughs> and you know who buys Jaws pinball machines? Middle aged guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah 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 and you know and stranger things kind of sparked i think some interest again in ghostbusters because mm. it was like a new thing with yeah. like characters that young people like and then they could get introduced through that yeah but it wasn't like the thing itself that sparks the interest in the young people it was like this new thing that referenced it that maybe kind yeah, of well, led to some more cultural re- relevancy right again Kate bush right like yeah yeah, right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, it, these things like just don't become popular like by themselves. It's because somebody drew attention to it that it is currently popular. Yeah, and yeah, I mean the the, the larger point you're making of this mm-hmm. exists to remind people that it exists is yeah is pretty true. Um, as well, I mean yeah. that's what Terminator became too, right? Like yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it just exists and... to remind people it exists. But at the same time, we're getting ready to do at the end of the summer uh, this new Predator movie and. Yeah, it's sort of similar, I guess, but also is it? Because it's getting dumped on a streaming service. It's not going to be available in theaters, and it's a pretty novel idea for that type of movie. Mm-hmm. So you can operate within the... Ba- we haven't seen it yet, so it might suck, but the mm-hmm. idea is that, you know, predators in the Cherokee Nation, essentially. Yeah. Um, in like in like pre-colonial America, and it's directed by Dan Trachtenberg, who made Ten Cloverfield Lane, and that movie yeah. rules. So, yep, it's real good. It's real um, good. So you know, I, I and the trailer I think is great. So does it exist to remind people that Predator exists? Yes, but mm-hmm. is that inherently a bad thing? Uh, no, no, no. no. I, but I feel like. I, and and I would agree with a lot of everything that's said, but I feel like movies like that, they tend to nowadays fall more in the minority. I feel yeah. like mm-hmm. when you talk about like, oh, we've got the Predator IP or like Jurassic World IP or whatever, it is kind of about keeping the brand alive and getting mm-hmm. new audience. And I feel like more so I'm seeing the stuff that I, I watch that is tied to other IPs. It's not really like somebody and i don't even need somebody to be like a super fan i just need someone to like understand 
like <laughs> the, filmmaking, the, <laughs> the filmmaking, and like the movie or like the stuff, the content that they're pulling from, like have some right. context of it. And I just feel like more so now, it's like the, a lot of the people that they get to write on these films are like, oh, we'll just do this or we'll do this, and it like it kind of loses the spirit of like what mm-hmm. the the original movie or the IP or the franchise has kind of like stood for. And so then you get, you end up with these franchises that go completely different ways or, or just very like, they don't, they don't fit into the other films, you know, like they just, they don't feel, they don't feel at home. Yeah. Like in like yeah. that franchise. Well, you know, I guess since we all seem to be just like doing rebuttals to arguments, I mean, maybe yeah. <laughs> the counterpoint to that is, is, um, so Star Trek, the wrath of Khan was directed by Nicholas Meyer, who until then had not seen like a single Star Trek episode. <laughs> and, right. you know, he helped go in and craft the story and stuff like that. And then he went and watched some of the original series episodes when he got the job, but he wasn't somebody who was like a super fan or even like that well acquainted. And in some ways that movie itself is a little bit outside of like what Star Trek was doing up until then. Mm-hmm. And, that movie, I think, is one of the best like sci-fi action movies out there. That's um, great. Mm-hmm. It, what what he did was he brought like a storytelling sensibility. He watched some of the old episodes, and he was like, "Oh, who's this guy?" Was like a cool villain to go and pluck and pluck out of it and make a sequel kind of story to. Um, but he he crafted like a movie that's basically like a naval like submarine mm-hmm. espionage like dueling sub movie, and yeah. it's fantastic. Um, and, but like it was also about something it was about like it's, it was taking those old characters you know because yeah there had been the motion picture beforehand but then specifically Wrath of Khan was about like William Shatner Kirk like aging he's like dealing with his, yeah. his getting older and all that stuff and like reckoning with time and the passage of it like he finds out he has a son he loses his best friend like there's something about dealing with legacy there that means something. What like what is Ellie like Sattler and 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 Doctor <laughs> Malcolm and like they're not reckoning with anything in this movie as characters. You no. know, they're, they're older, but like they're they are not dealing with their legacy. They're not dealing really with themselves as people. They're not being confronted by anything new on a thematic front. Um, and it, you could have somebody who maybe isn't a fan of Jurassic Park as a franchise, but who'd still go and be like. But yeah, but like, what did these characters actually learn at the end of this? Yeah. And I can't tell you yeah. that they learned anything. Mm-mm. Yeah. No. And I, mean, I and I would agree with you, Mike. I would agree with you on that. Like, someone doesn't have to be a super fan, but if they understand story and storytelling yeah. and being like these, this, this is where these characters started in like, let's say Jurassic Park. This is where they ended. Like, what, where is their progression going to be in this film? Like, yeah. we don't want to rehash what they did. But, like, what are they reckoning with? What are they, like, dealing with? And, like, that's what... I mean, but that's all tied into, like, good storytelling. <laughs> so, yeah. while you were talking, I fixed... You were listening Jurassic. to Plastic Love? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm going to be on the way to this pinball stream. I'm about to be on. Um, <laughs> uh, it, I fixed the Jurassic World franchise, particularly Dominion. Okay. Here's what you do. Don't make Stop it. it. <laughs> uh, no. Um, I don't give a crap about Ellie. I don't give a crap about Alan. I don't give a crap about Ian. I don't give a crap Alan. about Redhead. <laughs> I don't give a crap about uh, <laughs> Owen. <Alan. laughs> I 
Are you doing the raptor from the third movie? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> AKA the, um. the, the only good part of three. Um, <laughs> I want to see the kids from Jurassic Park mm. dealing with the trauma and PTSD of the fact that dinosaurs could attack them not on this island anymore. <laughs> the because... entire movie is just like them at a therapist, like just going through their trauma. That's it. There's no dinosaurs. At <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it turns out that the, the therapist is a dinosaur in a mask at the end. Um, and it's like, Alex. um but no like them having to deal with the like the very real possibility that like on the mainland now a dinosaur could attack them and Mm. like that then hooks in one it hooks in that legacy right that you're already trying to to rip off but Mm. it's kind of a new idea to explore right it's less about the corporate greed and more about the fallout of that uh, right ptsd mental mental health trauma Right, yeah. Yeah. right but it also restores something that is missing uh, along with the awe and wonder of these dinosaurs, the terror, right? Like yeah. when that movie becomes a horror movie, it's really great. And really yeah. like that mm-hmm. kitchen scene yep. is amazing still. It's still yeah. really intense. Yeah, and so that would also be, I think a way you could kind of organically call back to that by having these kids as adults back in a similar situation but now it's like they had no choice in this matter right yeah. mm-hmm. that's a great idea not just because i yeah. came up with it like it's just like <laughs> no I think it's, just it's much better i agree no yeah, yeah it's... Like, there's more tension in that idea than there is in whatever the hell this was a fast and furious movie with dinosaurs sometimes like, <laughs> mm-hmm. barely it, it, dinosaurs it, it... Yeah, the, like the fast and furiousization of a lot of universal properties is mm-hmm. becoming very apparent. Yes, it is. Like they think that they've found a formula, which is like stuff it with as many characters <laughs> as possible. And they're like all kind of superheroes it, it is becoming very obvious, I feel like. Dude, there are, we haven't talked about this. There are so many characters in this movie. Like I remember seeing shots of the whole group together and i was like there's like 12 people that i'm supposed to care mm-hmm. about like what is that and i'm like were you together. in the last movie like they had some of the they had a couple of those characters from the last movie yeah. like in the first like 20 minutes i'm like were you in the other one i i, <laughs> I literally i can't remember who you are yeah well and i maybe this is me getting older but I'm having that problem with Stranger Things season four. Like characters are showing up <laughs> who are into the, and the, there aren't that many char- there aren't that many new characters in each season of Stranger yeah. Things. And like some of these kids who are getting like spoilers killed in this in this new series, I'm just like, were you in the last one? Because it's all like because the the villains like preying on their past trauma, right? And so right. I'm just like, were you involved with? What happened in the last season? Like, I legit can't remember. And maybe it's because it's been three years since the last season, but I'm having that problem the older I get, I've noticed. Well, you know, but I think there's a little bit of truth to that, which is that some of these series get in love with their own mythology a little too much. Mm. And um, some of them, like maybe the first installment of them is memorable and has had like some cultural stain power, but then some other parts of them do not. And so, mm. but they, they expect that you've been watching it religiously since then. It's like, no, I haven't. Like, yeah. I, yeah. I don't remember a thing about the second movie. It had no staying power. And, yeah. and it's a little arrogant of you to go and think that it did. Um, <laughs> I, yeah. and, and it's, it's kind of like Stranger Things. I mean, to a, a, maybe a lesser extent, it has that same problem where it's like, 
I'm, I'm supposed to know some of these people's names because, like, in my brain, I kind of just register them as unimportant side character. Right. Yes. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, I still liked, obviously, this season of Stranger Things much more than what we're currently talking about. Um, but, yeah, I do think that is a problem with some of these. Like, same thing with James Bond, like, the Daniel Craig movies is that, I mean, I kind of remembered a lot of the plot points, but there's some stuff that, like, I know with some of the casuals I watched it with, with some of, the, like, the interconnectedness of, like, the five movie or six movie Daniel Craig span uh-huh. who are like, wait, who's this person? Like, yeah. like is he from a different movie? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, Mission yeah. Impossible starting to get there too. Like the dude and yeah. everyone was like, oh, the guy from the first one's back. And I was like, that guy was in the first one. <laughs> like, Right. Yeah. 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 Like these cult, these movies like did not have the stain, the cultural stain power that you guys think that they did. So stop like incorporating or investing like mythological importance in minor throwaway characters yeah especially yeah. when like all these characters are just like white bureaucrat dude yeah <laughs> like, right that's their well i mean technically the bad guy of jurassic of jurassic world dominion is the character that uh newman goes and meets you yeah. know at oh. the beginning of the movie isn't that supposed to be who he is yeah uh, at the beginning of jurassic park like yeah 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 that's that's what i what? thought right Yes, yeah. see? Yeah. See? Wait, 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 wait. Yes, what? yes, that's you're yes. right, Mike. You're right. Yes. What? Uh-huh. <clears throat> I just proved my case. I rest my case, your honor. Boom. Wait. What? <laughs> I am done. Uh-huh. Oh my god. Is it the same actor? No, no different actor. No. Okay. I think the other one got like convicted of a crime. Yeah, oh, okay. I think that's what I read. <laughs> I did not Correct. know that. Uh-huh. And and that sums it up right there. The the cultural impact of Jurassic Park is not in this random character who showed up for one scene. It was in the dinosaurs eating people, you know, the three or four or five like main characters that survived the events. Hold on to your butts and um the lawyer that gets eaten those that is the cultural yeah. same power Clever jurassic girl. park not in that random dude who ends up being the villain of the entire franchise in the last movie that's insane i was wondering why you had the barbasol can <laughs> <laughs> just because yep yep also you were definitely right about that dude's crime holy crap um uh-huh oh, great. yeah uh yeah don't don't look it up with kids around yeah, yeah. uh cameron thor is his name um yeah yeah, d- that blew my mind. I <laughs> Great, that was live. No idea. What I can tell you is, I have the same birthday as him. <laughs> oh. At one point, Uh-oh. when uh, when Ian is is trying to get them out of the mines when they're they're doing the Indiana Jones ripoff, even though he yeah. never wears his hat the rest of the movie. Um, <laughs> yep. Uh, he's trying like numbers on this combination lock and he's like 526 Dodgson's birthday. And I was like, Oh no, my birthday's never in things. Boo. Oh. <laughs> well, the good news is you can't be any worse of a person <laughs> or be yeah. in any worse of a movie than this. So yeah, congratulations. Yes. That's true. It's only up from here, right? Yeah, <laughs> it is. Yeah. So I, I have a, a question, burning question. I think it could be a good way to kind of round this out. I don't really know what good, else. Good, because I don't know how to movie. end this podcast. Actually. Yeah, I don't. So, the question, like, and we've talked a lot about this franchise, other franchises, a lot of them coming back. Um, you know, 
pros and cons of that, what we think's behind it. But what do you guys think about like nostalgia? That comes up a lot in these conversations. Is mm. nostalgia a good thing to have in our movies? A lot of people talk about nostalgia baiting. Like mm. where where is the line with that? Is there a, is there a good way to do nostalgia, or do we just leave nostalgia off the table because we're trying to grow a new audience? We're trying to mm. breathe new life into these IPs. Is nostalgia irrelevant? Um, I mean, I think like most things in life, nostalgia can be a good or a bad thing yeah. depending on how it's executed. You know, mm -hmm. if it's in service of the story or the themes or whatever, um, it can be a good thing. But there can be a point where it's used in excess. Um, it can be poorly deployed. Uh, it can be not timed correctly. Mm -hmm. um, so mm -hmm. it, it really comes down to, and this is like a, a lawyer answer. It depends. Yeah. It depends. <laughs> no, I, I think you're totally yeah. right. Like I, so we rewatched Top Gun the night before we saw Maverick, not to bring Maverick up again, but here we are. That's up. It's good. And um, I also think it's a very similar type of movie. Like I said, to, to what this is. Yeah. It's an apt like, comparison. Yes. Right. And so there's a lot of nostalgia in Top Gun Maverick, right? Like, um, so for example, one of the characters is Goose's son. Goose was his flying partner. And there's a moment after Tom Cruise gets yeeted out of this bar that was like their old haunt that he sees Rooster through the window of the bar playing at the piano that was in the bar in the original movie and singing Great Balls of Fire, which Goose and Maverick do in the original Top Gun. Mm -hmm. I probably would not have remembered that uh, had mm -hmm. I not watched the film previously, like the night before, because it had been a few years yeah. since I'd seen it. That said, I think the movie does a good enough job communicating that that's important to Maverick that I could yes. context clues together that, oh, uh, Goose probably sang this song with mm -hmm. Maverick in the last movie or at some point in their life. On the other yes. hand, a thing that does not happen in Top Gun Maverick is nobody says, I feel the need, the need for speed. Mm -hmm. So that's nostalgia that they willingly omitted and it's yes. better for it because if that would have happened, I would have been annoyed. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, mm. And so, you know, I think, I think Mike's, right on where like this entire movie I spent like rolling my eyes and making an obscene yep. gesture and a fart noise, you know, like yeah. Yeah. It, it was yep. so on the nose and stupid and existing to just like <laughs> make people, uh, d I mean, become the Leonardo DiCaprio gift yep. of like pointing yep. at yep. the screen of like, I, there's thing I recognize thing. And so the nostalgia baiting in this is very heavy. And like, that's a thing you see a lot of people who are like, I just want a fun movie and to spend time with these classic characters. And it's like, well, mm. raise your standards. Uh, I don't know what to yeah. tell you. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I think that it's, it's very like, it can be very predatory and not, I, we're kind of running out of time, but I think gaming is starting to get that way a lot with all these remakes and remasters and stuff. Like it's, it's getting yeah. out of hand in that industry, mm. but it got out of hand in the film industry for a while. So I think it's something that happens in almost any kind of form of media. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it happened in music with like, uh, I mean, right. So you got like Elvis in the fifties the and then 
uh, who's basically like an act whose who's public persona for the most part, for most of his career, was dictated by like his manager, right? And then mm. um, uh, you get New Kids on the Block and Menudo in the 80s, which are like boy groups dictated by their manager. And mm. then in the 90s, you get NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys and Britney Spears and like all the pop princes and princesses stuff. Like that's a very mm-hmm. cyclical thing uh in 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 the music industry and one of the things is once again something we talked about in talk on maverick which is a lot of times that stuff can work like their formulas are formulas for a reason yeah Um, and so there's nothing inherently bad with that like getting a story from point a to point b in the most logical way possible even though it's been done a million times is fine and Mm -hmm. yeah uh, you know but at the same time just like eliciting like a part of your your brain to go oh there's thing i like the pattern recognition part of your brain that's very um it's pandery but it's also just very like basic and like yeah it's just lazy it's lazy that's the word i'm looking for yeah, I can't well, believe I forgot it, the it's lazy. basically it's like like that temporary release of endorphins yeah. that mm-hmm. like your caveman brain mm-hmm. is you know like indulging in which is like being proud of itself for recognizing something which you know like that that's like probably the most base form of entertainment is that um yeah. you know and and, and stories try to strive to be something i think a little bit higher than that but if it's done in service of the story you know and it makes sense or whatever um, then, then it can be done well. Yeah, I just think it's a it's an interesting conversation because particularly in the last couple years, and I can even think of like this last year, there's been so many different movies that have employed nostalgia or shows, and there's a number of them that I think do it like pretty well, and then there's a lot of other ones that don't do it well. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like M. Jamson in the theater just rolling my eyes and being like, really? You're going to do that? Yeah. So it's just, it's just interesting. Like, you know, this movie and Ghostbusters and Spider-Man and like there's just, it's Star Wars. Like there's just, it's very interesting to look at the landscape and just kind of see like, oh yeah, nostalgia. It's a, it's a powerful thing. Yeah. This movie was not good. Nope. Um, it was, it was, it was pretty bad. You should not see it. Um, like, although really don't probably see it. Right. Yeah, that that you already have. Um, if you're listening to this, yeah. Um, and go watch something else instead, please. Like Top Gun, yeah. or although I haven't seen it, I hear that everything, every, everywhere, all at, all once, at once is better. So, yep. really watch anything almost. Yeah, just about yeah. anything else yeah. I've seen recently. I was I was I was going through and adding, uh, adding <laughs> adding the stuff that I I watched last week into my letterbox, and I was like, man, I liked all of this more than. Uh, no, I didn't like yeah. A Quiet Place two more than Jurassic. Well, maybe I did. I didn't. I like the maybe about to say I didn't not like that movie. Um, <laughs> like watch literally anything yeah, everywhere it'll probably be be- <laughs> all yeah, at it'll, once. It'll probably be better than <laughs> yeah. Jurassic. Oh, you know what? Y'all should watch. Uh, uh, listening audience, you need to watch RRR on Netflix. It's just the letter R three times. It's a three hour Bollywood movie. It's only half an hour longer than Jurassic World Dominion if you were going to make that commitment anyway. What's 30 more minutes? And uh, it's great, man. It's a, it's a real fun movie, and you should, yep. you should see it. So I enjoy a good Bollywood. It's great. It's real, it's real good. I had a real good time with that. I started watching that movie at 10 o'clock at night, and I was thoroughly entertained the entire time. Wow. Yep. You guys have anything else you should watch? Uh, 
Oh, uh, no. <laughs> we we can get into that yeah. over the next couple weeks. Talking to Obi Wan, right, Mike? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Without revealing my hand too much, so far I think is mediocre rather than like outright terrible. But it it's not been well made. Sure. Stranger Things is good though. <sighs> yeah, Stranger Things is good. Check that out. Yep. Um. So, yeah. So go watch that. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, you guys have anything to plug? Audiobook. Uh, I wrote. I have an audiobook for the Ashen Prophecy. Check it out on Amazon Audible. Fantasy action adventure. If you like the criticisms that I make on this show, I try to apply them to my writing. So please check it out. Yeah, Mike. Yep, Corey. Ooh. You have anything you want to plug? Uh, if you're interested in making movies and film stuff, camera stuff, you can check me out on YouTube. Real filmmaking. Yep. Uh, let's jaws for a minute. Still on hiatus. Still don't have a hard date back um, as Sarah is healing. And um, yeah, we're just going to let that take all the time it needs and uh, get her back to 100% before we, we move forward with that because it was it was, it was a bad, bad ankle injury. Um, so that will be resuming sometime in the near future, probably, probably around July 4th, honestly. Um, and that will have episodes about each one of the Jaws sequels is the next thing you can look forward to. And then from there, starting Steven Spielberg's filmography. Uh, if you want to find any of that, you can find it on the, the, the podcast app you're listening to right now. Probably has Let's Jaws for a minute on it. Um, if you want to follow me on social media, Twitter is the one to do it on, at MJSmith891. There you will find a link tree to everything I work on. So, uh, yeah, um, until next time. Nostalgia's the bad guy sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs>